Hello, faithful friends. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 46 of the Questions Podcast, where we are just smart enough to be dangerous, full of spiritual minty freshness, and a barge load of cold-blooded love. Mark, you are on the satellite downlink from a secure, undisclosed location, not in the office today. Exactly. Yes. Remote, undisclosed, very super secret location. But we have the technology, so we can we can bring you in to the Questions Podcast. It's spectacular. I'm feeling, I'm feeling kind of a secret squirrel today. I am. Right on. Is that a new sweater you're wearing? You like this? Nordstrom's Rack. <laughs> It's a cool sweater, man. You can see me just for the people who are listening. You're not. We're not just talking over the phone. We have FaceTime. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I know we got. We're good. We're good. I, I, I like the new sweater. Technically, this was a Christmas present. Really? Yeah, I got another one too. My wife. She said. You look like she you should be hosting a talk show in that 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 sweater. Yes. Oh, that's what I'm doing right here. We're we're doing a talk show. But, you know, we need people to see us live, or do you think that would scare people? No, off? I think that eventually. We, we'll add the, the live component. That might freak some people out. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Although, you know, as they say, out. sometimes it's said that, you know, you have a, you have a face made for radio, you and me. I, I, well, I don't know. You're a lot prettier than I am. I'm just, you know. Pretty has never really been the adjective that's been used, but thank you. I'm I appreciate it. Just that. saying, you know, you got, you're, you're, you're a well-groomed man. So. <laughs> well-groomed. There you go. There you go, man. So. Anyway, so um, anything special? I, I did like the sermon kind of this last weekend. You know, it's the new year, so doing uh, a little um, life in connection, life through Jesus. Well, we have so many new people to the church. I'm really, uh, it's, I'm glad you do that every year because you get new people to the church, and they're kind of like, you know, hey, what's this life in connection thing all about? And they're kind of figuring it out, but like to lay it out like why we do what we do and how we do and go from the very beginning. A very yeah. good place to start, like the song says. You know, uh, so it's good. Sometimes it's, I think the light bulb's going on. Sometimes I feel like we we talk about vision stuff so much that we might be like bugging people with it. But I think you're right. There's a lot of people who don't understand what what's the whole point of this life in connection thing. So explaining the the why, the what, the how is good. Well, somebody once said, "Without a vision, the people perish." You know, that should be scriptural. It sounds mega scriptural. Hmm. So. Yeah. So I was reading an article the other day. The headline of the article said, How Robot Priests Will Change Human Spirituality. And so there's some people who think that you and I will be replaced by robots someday. What do you think about that? Well, how do they know we're not robots already? Exactly. Cyborg. I'm hoping that, uh, that this cyborg someday may have a cyber truck. That's what I want. Ooh, you know, I, again, I'm not a big Tesla guy, but that, that looks like Batman's truck. I would sign off on that truck. I would like to have one. That's truck. definitely Batman's truck, and I hear it comes in black, which would be... Ooh, how about really, really dark gray? Absolutely. I like black, gray, silver, all that jazz. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Well, you like orange, too. Orange is a favorite. Orange and gray together, you know. you got to have orange and gray on virtually everything. Oh, you got an orange, gray phone cover there going yeah, on. Yeah, some orange and gray. So did everything. You, did you dig up any great news articles? No, not really. There's there's really? so much news going on right now. In fact, one of our questions has to do with the news things going on right now. Because it's kind of like, hey, well, I've been thinking that 2020 was going to be the year of chaos. And then all of a sudden, it's been like chaotic everywhere. Chaotic. 
boy, one little bombing in Iran and people, it really got uptight, huh? It really turned the world upside down. Well, and then you saw the news about the, uh, the plane that went down over Iran, and it looks like maybe they accidentally shot it down, too. Yeah, I've got a happier news story. I, I have to have my wife give it to me, but she had a she sent me a news story about some people that were selling golden tickets to heaven. Yeah, I got that same article. In fact, my little brother sent me that just because he thought it was so funny. Um, that was a, a strange article. Let me see if I can pull that up. And Paul sent me this. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, Florida couple arrested for selling tickets to heaven. This was in a newspaper. You actually saw the online one. But a Florida couple, Tito and Amanda Watts, were arrested a few days ago for selling golden tickets to heaven to hundreds of people. They sold the tickets on the street for $99 <laughs> per ticket, told buyers the tickets were made from solid gold and that each ticket reserved the buyer a spot in heaven. Simply present the ticket at the pearly gates and you are in. Tito Watts said in his police statement, I do not care what the police say. The tickets are solid gold. And it was Jesus who gave them to me behind the KFC and yes, told me to sell that. them. Told me to sell them so I could get some more money to go to outer space. I met an alien named Stevie who said if I got the cash together, he would take me and my wife on his flying saucer to his planet that was made entirely of drugs. Yeah, <laughs> you, rock you, cocaine. Here's my yeah. favorite. Here's my favorite part of the entire article. You should arrest Jesus because he is the one that gave me the golden tickets. I'm willing to wear a wire and set Jesus up. Quote. Uh, yeah, I, I, I saw that and I go, somebody's been, first of all, I'm, I am doubting, I am seriously doubting the sobriety of this individual. Well, he wants, he wants to go to a, a planet made entirely of drugs. So, yeah, this might be one of the best news articles ever. I just love that. I'm willing to wear a wire and set Jesus up. Okay, yeah, and then and then I say, you know, it keeps getting better because if you read at the very end of the article, Amanda Watts had some things to say. Well, she did. You can read. Let's hear what Amanda had. Okay, to Amanda say. Watts you know, said, spouse. "We just wanted to leave Earth and go to space and do drugs. I did not do anything. Tito sold the golden tickets to heaven. I just watched." Well, yeah, and I like that the police officer said, "Look, you can sell all the golden tickets you want to heaven." Where you stop over, step over the line is when you take wood and spray paint it gold, and you tell these people it's a real well, like, see, gold. That wasn't deal. in my article. My article yeah. ended. Police said they confiscated over ten thousand dollars in cash, drug paraphernalia, and a baby alligator. <laughs> that finishes the story out. That's what I love the most. That was the best part of the story. But my part, my article didn't have what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the police officer said, look, you could sell golden tickets to heaven all day long, but if you tell people they're actually real gold oh, and they're just hilarious. wood, that's when you're when you're actually breaking the law. So, there's so, on a couple scales here. Okay, first of all, it's Florida. Yeah, all strange okay. things initiate or start in Florida. Yeah, I mean, again, like I would tell I would tell our friend Victor Marxist, Florida makes Louisiana look metropolitan. This is very true. Yeah. So. For all you people from Florida, I'm sorry, but it, the rap's going to stick because that's uh, it, it, just what it is. That's just what it is from Florida. But, it, oh gosh, the fact that they had $10,000 in cash, they're selling golden tickets to heaven that was spray-painted pieces of plywood, or not plywood, I'm sorry, um, two-by-fours. Hilarious. Hilarious. The fact that one person bought them, I mean, 
Well, you know, it might be a good deal. $99 for Ticket to Heaven, you know? It's a gold ticket to Solid heaven. Gold? $99. Yeah, you, there we go. Have you ever heard the expression dumb as wood? Oh, boy. Yeah. And then the fact that there was an alligator involved just proves it actually really happened in Florida. It's beautiful. It's totally beautiful. I know. It, it, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, man. It's just, I question. Yeah, I'm glad you reminded me of that. I totally forgot about that news story. I just, when I saw the couple's face on the yeah. news article, I read it again this morning. It, made, it just, it brought a little, little smirk to my face. I mean, as, as pretty funny, um, you know, crimes go, that, that rates in at least the top five. Yeah, it's in my top five. That was pretty good. Well, yeah. as for, as for uh, news stories, I think that's probably about it. I don't have That's any, all we need. We don't that's really have That's the happiest else. news story of the week. Yeah, that was pretty good. Need. That was pretty good. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Well, shall we go with the very first question? Let's go for it. All right, because it seems pretty timely. I like this. Number one, do you think climate change is real? Question mark. Is it man-made? Question mark. And I think what they mean maybe by man-made is... Are we the ooh, cause of it? Or is it fake news? Oh, is it fake news? Uh, no, I think this is more on the lines of, is it... Are men, we the cause of it? it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know about you. I think but they're I, asking the wrong two guys, huh? Well, I mean, we are, we're not scientists, but we can pretend to be on the questions podcast. Okay, that's good. So... Because I think a lot of times some of the people that are answering this are pretending to be scientists too. So I'll give my answer and then you give your thought. I do think that climate change is real. Like the, the climate changes all the time. We have evidence going back in history that the climate changes all the time. And maybe it's potentially man-made in some respects. I mean, if you think about... Israel, when the Romans finally sacked and destroyed Israel in the beginning of the second century, they deforested everything, and it totally changed the climate in a huge way. And then Israel, the last you know fifty years, has been planting a whole bunch of trees, and it's affecting and changing the climate. So certainly, you can affect and claim change the climate, but how much are we changing the climate? I really don't know. I'm not sure anyone does. Um, I think the bigger issue sometimes is. What should we do about it and how should we deal with it? And I, it seems to me like people are doing certain things to try and deal with it. I mean, a lot of people are getting solar panels on their houses because it costs so darn much to cool their house. And, you know, who knows? I don't know. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, no doubt the climate. I mean, we need to look at the earth as a whole, too. I mean, what does the Bible say is going to happen to the earth eventually? Well, there you go. It's going to get a little hot before it gets better. <laughs> it's, there's going to be some climate change. Yeah. God and made so- climate change. Yeah, I mean, if men were here or not here, period, the earth would have climate change. I think we can agree on that. It's going to change. It, it moves, it evolves, it has seasons and things like that. And I do think that a lot of the things that we blame on climate change are normal cycles of weather, and we just, it's been sensationalized. I know, you know, when I talk to my dad and my mom, you know, my family's been in San Diego for over 100 years. And so... When I talk to my mom and dad, who as little kids, you know, here in San Diego, they, you know, somebody be talking, some weather event will happen and, uh, you know, lightning storms in the summer or something like that. And they'll be talking about climate change on the news. And my dad said, oh, gosh, no, that used to happen all the time back in the, and he'll name the decade. Right. And uh, he's an old fisherman. So he'll talk about the cycles of, you know, how you catch fish for 10 years and then you don't catch those fish, you catch other fish for another 10 years. So. I think we, a lot we of need a, we need a little bit more climate change to bring the albacore back. Exactly, we haven't seen an albacore in a long time. 
I had but some I, albacore sushi the other night. It was really good. Oh, man. I love it. It always goes back to food with you and I, doesn't it? You know, it's that time of day. I know. I'm hungry. Um, but I will say one thing. I, I don't think it's a bad thing to try to take care of the earth. And, right. And we should. Good, That's good what God told us to do. And, yeah. And so uh, we're the carekeepers of the caretakers of the earth, so to speak. And so uh, I don't think it's uh, certainly it's it, I think it's, I think it is biblical to take care of the earth and to try to be good stewards of the earth. And that goes from, you know, being good with your, you know, don't catch too many fish. Don't shoot too many deer. Don't pollute. Don't. You know, don't waste things. I don't be wasteful, things like that. Um, and uh, we certainly live in a very consumer-minded, me- you know, mentality here where we live. And, and uh, I think we're pretty wasteful sometimes. So, um, Well, so I always hear my dad talk about, because I don't know any of this, but like back in the 70s, he talks back about... Back in the day. He talks about how the, um, the smog around here was like super, super, super bad in the 70s, especially in L.A. And then it, he says... It, how much better it is now. So it seems like we're trying to do some right things to move in that direction. This is, this is exactly why I want to get a cyber truck, Tesla electric cyber truck. It's going to be so much better for the economy or the ecology. The, it'll be good for the economy too. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Although I was, you know, your hero had quite the, um, the, uh, Twitter, uh, thing the other day. We, we probably shouldn't even bring that up, but that was a pretty funny tweet from Mr. Elon I Musk. I think at two we need in the to morning, bring that tweet up. Yes. At two in the morning this morning, Elon Musk tweeted, I put the art in fart. This is the head of two multi-billion dollar companies. That's his tweet from two in the morning, which proves the point. Number one, I think Twitter's stupid, but number two, you should not be tweeting at two in the morning. No. No, I think no, both. No. I think both Donald Trump and Elon Musk should stop tweeting at two in the morning. Yeah, do you tweet at two in the morning? I don't tweet ever. Yeah, see, I mean, I have tweeted. I don't even have. But a I, I don't. Account. I don't tweet. Uh, so, anyways, I think that two a.m. that answers way more than we probably should on number one. I'm gonna throw one thing on that heap, though. Okay. I, I, you know, I have a, a friend that said this, but it's a theory I totally agree with and have, have adopted in life and the raising of my children and everything else. And that is nothing good ever happens after 11 at night. Hmm. Just, just don't be out on the streets at 11. Oh, out on the streets. Yeah. I don't. was going to say. Don't be. Don't be tweeting. Don't be Facebooking. Don't after 11. Just don't. Because nothing I was going to say, happen. you said nothing good happens after 11 o'clock. And one of my favorite things to do is to sleep. So that's a good thing. But you're saying outside that's, on the streets. Outside, in the streets. You should, at 11 o'clock, everybody should be asleep. And nothing good is happening on the internet after 11 o'clock. Tweeting. Don't tweet. Yes. I mean, everybody at 11 o'clock, they should be in bed. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. And I mean, and good things can happen after 11, I suppose, in bed. But I mean, just, just, we should be Moving in bed. on, number two. Okay, I knew that would get us to number two. Anyway, so you heard it here, 11 a.m., yeah. That's my, one of my golden rules. Um, you know, what I really need to do, what I really need to do is, uh, let's see, put on my glasses. Okay, do you think that the stuff happening in Iran is connected to the Bible 
end times prophecy, like in Ezekiel and Revelation? Wow, I don't even have to think about my answer here, but go ahead. I I personally don't think that, but I'm sure uh, a number of our peers in the pastoral category, peers we know well, probably do think that. So yeah, I I think no. I mean, if you do look at Iran in a historical context, it is the nation of Persia, which you see a lot about in Old Testament prophecy, Ezekiel and Isaiah, because Persia was involved in um, all the things that were happening in that period of time from about the 6th and 5th centuries BC. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not inclined to say that, that uh, what's happening in Iran right now is a fulfillment of anything biblically. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even if it was, what do you do about it, right? Just keep praying and fulfilling the commission that Jesus gave us to get to do, to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Exactly. And I, I won't go too much farther into this question because I know it's going to relay right into number six later. So, Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's connected. And uh, I think you could probably dig around and make it, you know, take that puzzle piece and hit it a few times with a hammer and make it fit something in your head. But at the end, I don't think it's going to help anybody out. So uh, I don't, I don't think that certainly, obviously Persia is in, you know, prophecy. Right. But uh, I don't know that this is really a big event to get too shook up about. And I think honestly, even in the reality of uh, like the news is making it a big deal. Like this is going to be world war three. No, it just fizzled just like I thought it would fizzle. It fizzled. Yeah, I was going to say, Iran has the military might, basically, in the scheme of things, in the world of, like, Vermont. Yeah, like Texas could take over Iran. Yeah, I mean, oh, no problem. There's way more guns in Texas than there is in Iran. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Heck. Yeah, absolutely. That's just outside the Piggly Wiggly. So, yeah, no, <laughs> I agree with that. All right, number, number three. Number three. If humanity began literally with Adam and Eve, and they had children... Wouldn't have there been incestuous relationships to grow the population? Question mark. Yes. Man, that's a great question. Why don't you go? Why don't you? Why don't you break that one down, Pastor Miles? If humanity did begin with Adam and Eve, and they were the first yeah. humans, then yes, absolutely. I guess that answers it. I mean, I don't know how much more in depth you have to go. There obviously are different yeah. interpretive ways people look at Genesis chapter one, two, and three. I tend to take a more literal view of that passage. I do believe that there was a historic Adam and Eve. And if that's the case, then yeah, they would have had to have some, uh, what we would classify as incest. It sounds terrible when you say it like that, but the general way that people would answer this, who hold to a literal view of uh, Genesis one through say 11, they would say that the beginning genetic pool that we have with God creating Adam and Eve would have been a perfect genetic pool. And so we wouldn't have had any sort of the issues in the incest area. Later on, God forbids it. So it is now forbidden. Verboten. Wow, you're busting out your German, bro. That's pretty good. I would have had Verboten. to say you know, you know how I knew You know how I knew what that meant? Yeah. Because I used to watch Hogan's Heroes. Oh, did they say Verboten? Yeah, well, they had signs everywhere when you weren't supposed to do something. You would say that on there. That's great. You know, well, on the FaceTime, I just see the palm of your hand. It's kind of kind of weird. Oh, hi. Oh, there we go. Well, hey, you know, there's your that's face. That's better now. Yeah, verboten. Yeah, there you go. 
No, yeah. Anyway, so um, you know, since we are playing doctors and scientific people today, I I would have was going to say, you know, Doctor Benedictus, that Professor Childers thinks that uh, the gene pool was pretty pure then, and so uh, no problem. You didn't marry your cousin and end up looking like your dog, so it's good. Das ist nicht verboten. It's not forbidden. There you go. There you go. Exactly. Not forbidden, but not a good idea now. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Number four. Is there no longer choice as far as in quotation mark when we get to heaven like there was for Adam and Eve when they were initially created, like in the garden? And so I guess they're saying, hey, when we get to heaven, is there choice? Well, I think that you have to distinguish between heaven in the sense of being with God in his presence after death and distinguish that between the new heavens and new earth that God recreates or renews when he uh, brings us back after the resurrection to this renewed heaven. So is there choice in the kingdom of God? And uh, I don't I don't necessarily see any reason to say that there's not a choice. Is there a choice to sin? No, not necessarily, because there'll be no sin in God's presence. So when God renews everything, the Bible says there is no more sin. But do you get to choose what you're going to do the next day? Yeah, I think probably just sin won't be an option because there'll be perfect righteousness. So I don't think there's necessarily choice gone. It's just no choice to sin. Okay, so it wouldn't be like when the uh, Lucifer decided to, uh, you know, start a uh, rebellion and uh, uh, there was a choice to do the wrong thing where, you know, many of the angels left heaven and made the wrong choice. Right. So that's not, that's, you're not, because I'm guessing that's what they were thinking. So there'd be no option for sin or rebellion in God's kingdom, his everlasting kingdom. That's what I would say. I mean, there's, there's choice. Will you get to choose whether or not, you know, you go play golf on that day or whatnot? Because I don't think that yeah. golf is not sin. Now you can sin while you're playing golf, but golf well, itself is not sin. Not. Yeah, bless and curse not. Right, right. So golf is actually a very righteous that thing. There would be no, my dad was concerned there would be no fishing. Well, there's all these people that say because Revelation, what is it, 21 says there was no sea, then there, that means that there was no there's no surfing, there's no fishing, but it's like, I don't know, man. I think there's going to be some fishing, some yeah, righteous I, I'm, fishing. I'm, count, I'm counting on Have you had some I'm righteous counting. fishing before? I have had some righteous fishing. You know, my son's on a trip. They caught a hundred wahoo today. That's righteous. Yeah, I'm that's hoping righteous. that we get some ceviche out of that wahoo. Yeah, you'd think. So uh, we better, you know, I better lay out my list of demands. Because so. I can say, having tried it, that Missy's wahoo ceviche is probably the best I've ever had. I think it is. It's pretty awesome. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know. She's the best wife I've ever had, so I well, that's she's good. the best ceviche maker. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah, and exactly. that you with know, a little I, Mexi pep on top, mm, good oh, times. Man. My mouth is watering you know, just I, thinking about it. I, I messed some people up the other day. Um, I made a comment in front of some people at church when I was sitting there with Missy. I said, yeah, this is my, this is my first wife. Which is true. Yeah. And, boy, it, it messed some people up. They were all wondering. They were saying, man, there's things about you that you don't know. So she finally had to come clean and go, yes, I was his first wife and his only wife. That's but right. First, anyway, last. Anyway, she gets embarrassed when I do that to her. But so. it's true. I mean, there's nothing weird about that statement. I was not being deceitful. Andrea is my first and only wife. There you go. Awesome. There you go. 
Okay, so um, we answered that question and a little bit more. Oh, by the way, there's all these Adam and Eve questions coming up because I did talk a little bit about Adam and Eve on Sunday. Well, you talked about how we fell out of connection. Humanity was out of connection with God because of that. Right. How we get back. So that makes sense. Yes. Okay. Now, uh, how long do you think Adam and Eve were in the garden before they ate of the tree? I don't know. Yeah, I can't throw that one out. Bible doesn't say, but probably a little while. Yeah, because they took walk, they walked with the Lord in the garden, and yeah, you know, yeah, they had a relationship with the Lord. So, what could a been, it could have been a while. Yeah. yeah. Wow. There you go. We can ask them when we get to heaven. There you go. It's a good question okay. to follow up on. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, I wish I knew the answer to it. Number six. I'm in some need of some spiritual minty freshness. Well, I think we this got you covered. Come to the right place. Yeah, right. you got yeah by the by the time. In my daily Bible reading, I've been going through Revelation, and honestly, question mark, I found it deeply disturbing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know what? You think? I'm with you, brother (laughs) or sister, whoever you are. Um, So I found it deeply disturbing. One, how are we sure they weren't, they aren't talking about the crazy world we live in now? I know you've got an opinion on this, and I do. Or two, why would we want unbelievers uh, that we love and care about to go through that, all that? Question mark. That's a great one. When I hear people say they want Jesus to come right now, I want to say, no, wait. I want to give some more people some extra time. Am I looking at this all wrong? Is what I really need to actually some cold-blooded love? I like it. Great question. That's a great question. Yeah, some some man, really good like questions. Question. There's some layers of some good questions here. What, first, I gotta say, person says I'm in my daily Bible reading. Amen. Praise the Lord. Keep on reading the Bible, and right. then you are reading the Bible in the right way because you're asking a ton of questions about the Bible. When you read the Bible, you should read the Bible with questions and write those questions down. I think that's really really wise. So, um, how are we sure they aren't talking about the crazy world in which we live? Well. It's worth noting that there are various ways to interpret books like Revelation, what, what we call apocalyptic literature. And when you interpret Bible prophecy, apocalyptic literature, there are different ways to look at it. Some people look at it through what's called an idealist view, where they say that this is speaking about you know, conditions in the world spiritually at any time, any age, all the time. These things are going on, so... It could be describing any time in an idealistic sense, allegorical sense. Then there's some who hold what's called a preterist view, which is the view that all these things are already fulfilled. They were fulfilled in the first century. That's one way to look at it. Then there is the kind of historic view that these things are fulfilled in very various times and different ways throughout history. And then there's the futurist view, which is the view that we somewhat hold to, that there are things in Bible prophecy that are yet future that haven't happened yet. So, um, so yeah, there are some people who would interpret Revelation and say, these are things happening right now. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of metaphorical sort of things that you've got to interpret wisely in the book of Revelation. So, yeah. 
But when I hear people say, the person says, um, why would we want unbelievers that we love to go through all of that? Well, you shouldn't want people to go through. I, I don't think you should wish the judgments of the book of Revelation or the judgments of anywhere in the Bible upon somebody. So that's why we want to share the gospel with as many people as possible, that nobody would be subject to the wrath of God, because Revelation certainly pictures the wrath of God being poured out, especially when you get to like Revelation 14, where it talks about the wrath of God being poured out. So I don't want anybody, I don't know about you, Mark, I don't really want anybody to experience the wrath of God, except for Satan. He deserves the wrath of God. And God's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance, would turn to him and not be subject to his wrath because Jesus took all of God's wrath upon himself so that we wouldn't have to. So you're absolutely right. We shouldn't want the wrath of God to be poured out on people. So this person says, when I hear people say they want Jesus to come right now, I want to say, no, wait, I want to give people some extra time. I think God is kind of in the same camp. I think he's delaying and uh, his grace is so gracious that he just continues to delay. But one day he will return and establish his kingdom. And that's why when we think about the kingdom, and I talked a little bit about this on Sunday, where it talks about a kingdom with no sin and no suffering and no sickness and none of that stuff, all the tears wiped away. I don't know anybody that wouldn't say, man, that's what I want. So Lord Jesus, come quickly. Yeah, and I think it also raises a really good point because when, first of all, if if you're hesitant, if you're wanting people to get saved, bro, you already got a minty freshness there. That that's that's why we're there, and there is nothing that is going to help you with your minty freshness, so to speak. Uh, being on your game, encouraging people, leading people to the Lord, being that light and that witness to people, and that's just one of the coolest things in the world to be able to lead somebody to the Lord. So um, that's a I love I love the last part of this question because we should have an attitude like God where we don't want people to perish. And the I know at times as believers, and I'll say it sometimes, like, come quickly, Lord Jesus, but many times it's just, hey, man, <laughs> I can't believe this happened. It's kind of a, a saying we'll say sometimes. But realistically, yeah, we, we need to have an expectation. We want Jesus to come back, obviously. Um, but the other side of it is, is, we want as many people to be saved before that day. And so to have that attitude of making disciples, making saints, um, that's a really healthy, healthy attitude. And I'll go as far as to say that a lot of the teaching, uh, well, we'll call it teaching in, on, prof, you know, prophetic things, we'll call them. Um, a lot of times there's a little bit of an escapist mentality that goes along with that. And it's, that's not real positive. That, that, you know, I, I think you can teach prophecy and prophetic things with the attitude of, hey, this is going to happen one day, and the time is drawing near, and so we need to go out and evangelize and disciple and make saints. We need to fulfill the Great Commission. But I think too many times um, the spirit of some of the teaching out there is, I need to dig a hole and buy a lot of ammunition. And uh, uh, I can't wait till this happens so I can just get out of here and escape this mentality. And then I don't believe God's called us to either one of those attitudes. God has called us to make disciples. That is a great commission. And so any prophetic teaching or, or teaching on prophecy that you hear, there, that should be that spirit to that is to say, hey, so we need to go out and get some work done, people. That's, that's, I think that's, that's one thing that comes through um, that needs to come through. So there's my four cents. Perfect. On that one. So, anyway, uh, any other words on that one? No, I think that 
that about sums it up. I think that's good. Okay. Um, so, no, they don't need some cold-blooded love. They got it. They got spiritual minty freshness, in my opinion. All right. In Genesis, several times, this is number seven. In Genesis, several times, the scriptures speak of God saying, we, in quotation mark, did, made, etc. Ah, I interpret this to reflect the truine, triune, 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 yeah. triune I, I was reading it in the triune of the Godhead, John 1 declares that Jesus is the Word and was with God before creation, the Holy Spirit being the third we, question mark. Is this a reasonable interpretation? I think yes. Yeah. I vote yes. Yep. So when we read in Genesis 1, 26, 27, it says, and God said, let us make God in, or make man in our image and our likeness. And then, yeah, the our, the we there, I do think that that is looking at it from a triune perspective, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit creating. Some people want to interpret that as God speaking among the angelic beings, but I think that's not the right interpretation. So I would say, yes, you are interpreting this correctly. Yep. It's reasonable. I would agree, 100%. That's what I that was did. easy. You're reading the Bible well, yeah. whoever this Man, question gosh. is. Yeah, so triune and all that. Yeah. Okay, number eight. Question on 2 Corinthians 2, 12 through 14. Shall I read that real oh, quick? One. Absolutely, that'll add some context. 2 Corinthians 2, 12 says, Furthermore, when I came to Troas, Paul is speaking, to preach the gospel, preach, preach Christ's gospel, a door was opened to me by the Lord, and I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find Titus, my brother, but taking my leave of them, I departed from Macedonia. So, yeah. Wow. All right. So, question on 2 Corinthians, or as our friends would say, on 2 Corinthians. Our, our friends across the yeah. pond. Upon the pond, yeah. Uh, man, there's some royal. I saw that royal. royal I was just gonna something. say that the uh, the princess is she is she a princess? Meghan Merkel and what's the other guy's name? Harry, Henry, whatever. Yeah, Harry. I think they're so. they're gonna drop their position as royals and move to Canada. Man, I guess the queen ain't happy with that. Yeah, the bacon center in Canada. I'll tell you that. Boom! Drop the mic. Drop the mic, and they're out. Harry man. and Meghan are out. Okay, yeah, Paul. Paul went to Troas. Yeah. Okay, so Paul went to Troas and found the place to be right for preaching the gospel. There was an open door, but he was worried about the Corinthians because Titus had not come to Troas to give him a report. So Paul left the mission field, God prepared, and went to Macedonia to find Titus. Is it okay to leave God's work to satisfy human emotion? That's a good question. Yeah. So... I think it's worth noting that sometimes the Bible reports events and doesn't necessarily endorse events. So it is describing and not prescribing what should be done. So this is describing what Paul did. There was a, a little spat, it appears, between Paul and the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church had some issues with Paul, and Paul had to set them straight, and so he wrote some pretty heavy words to them and some letters to them. We only have two of those letters, but people believe that he actually sent maybe as many as four letters. And then he sent Titus to go and make sure things are going okay and deliver those letters. And then Paul was hoping for a report back from Titus because he didn't have email or Twitter or instant messages. So the only report he could get would be from Titus. And Titus hadn't showed up where Paul was in Troas. And so Paul was not settled. 
And he had to kind of leave the area where there was an open door to go try and track Titus down. So he goes to Macedonia so he can get the report. And ultimately the report came back. It was a good report. But is it okay to leave God's work to satisfy human emotion? Well, in that sense, in that passage, it, you know, whoever wrote this question to us, yeah, it kind of looks like that's what happened with Paul. Um, is it okay to do that? I don't know. You know, Paul did it. Does it mean that it was okay? Well, there's a lot of things that the Bible talks about that people did that are not necessarily God endorsing them. I mean, the whole Abraham with Hagar thing, the Bible reports that. That's not what God wanted. The whole David and Bathsheba right. thing, the Bible reports that. That's not what God wanted. So, yeah, you could probably interpret this that maybe it wasn't the best situation when Paul had to leave, just like it wasn't the best situation with Paul and Barnabas when they got in a bit of a spat and an argument and parted ways. So, so yeah, maybe it wasn't the best situation, but it, it happened. You have any thoughts? Yeah, now, I, I think that we also have to remember that, you know, we maybe we don't know all the circumstances, too, of it. Um, you and I both have a missionary couple friends that, left the work they were doing uh, in a certain part of the world, uh, a good work, and they're solid missionary people. And when their one of their parents had fallen ill and was looked like he wasn't going to make That's it, right. and they took him back. And in that, I, I fully endorsed continuing to support them financially. Right, yeah. And I everything they did, well, they came back and took care of their, um, their father. And I think that honored uh, the fifth commandment. Yeah. Honor your mother and father in the Lord, and it'll go well with you in the land. I think they were doing something that was that was uh, really honorable and great, and that work is still back there for them when they got back. And I thought it was really interesting that the native peoples that they were ministering to, and we're not going to talk about where they are, but uh, when they came back, it is a place that highly honors family. Yeah. And uh, the fact that they would leave and jump on a plane and everybody around them saw they'd left basically ministry and business and everything else to come do that. It really uh, opened up some things for them. Yeah. And you so, can never, you uh, can never really estimate what the outcomes will be in a positive way. Yeah. The, 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 the local people really thought that was a big deal because their opinion of Americans is that we throw away relationships and we're, you know, our families are scattered in all those things. And unfortunately sometimes they're right. So yeah, uh, I would just throw that in there. Uh, but yeah, it appears in the situation that uh, something was going on. Boy, I can't wait to see the, you know, you think we'll get a video replay of some of these things? I sure hope so. I think of a, a certain verse comes to mind on this, this specific situation with uh, Paul and um, Titus and the Macedonians and the Corinthians and all that whole deal. In Hebrews thirteen seventeen, the author of the book of Hebrews says, Obey those who rule over you. Be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So in this situation, I would apply that as it relates to the people in Corinth, that they were not really um, submitting themselves necessarily to Paul's leadership as a, an apostle, as a pastor, and um, they were making it kind of hard for him to do the work of the ministry with joy and without grief. And um, so... Paul was kind of grieving in that situation and it pulled him away from the ministry. And um, I don't know, it just kind of comes to mind as sometimes yeah. that happens. I, I know a number yeah. of people who um, they were in the ministry and they were serving the Lord faithfully and having a very successful and profitable ministry. But because of the challenges of the people they were ministering to, they're no longer in the ministry anymore because of emotional problems and 
just the difficulty of it, they had to throw in the towel and just say, you know, I, I can't do this. It's, it's ripping my family apart. It's ripping my own heart apart. And uh, I think that's really unfortunate. It's kind of sad, but it happens a lot. There are a lot of pastors who leave the ministry because of the, the uh, how should we call it, the obstacles that have been placed in their way by those that they're trying to minister to, which is sad. Right. right. And there's, I think there's a lot of unseen pressures that people have that people on the outside don't realize. So That um, said, I'm very grateful for the good people who are a part of Cross Connection Church. They do make it a joy to serve the Lord here at Cross Connection. That's my opinion. Oh, I agree. Uh, we have a, we have some great people, and we have a lot of fun with them. Oh, my gosh. We spend a lot of time with them outside of the church walls, and so uh, doing some really cool stuff. So I'm looking forward to what this year's got to bring and uh, serving with our people. Truly, truly. Well, I don't know if you'll be back from your undisclosed secure location this weekend, uh, but we will be here to go through the scriptures on Sunday morning to talk about connection yeah. with God, connection with one another. Should be good. Cool. All right. Well, looking forward to it. Is there anything we should ask of our spiritually minty fresh crew? Gosh, you mean like a secret code word or question? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We didn't get a we didn't get a lot of random. You know, I, I want to know if they've got their golden ticket. You know what? That's true. At, yep, I want to hear if they got their golden ticket. So if that's, you that's if you're our listener and we see you Sunday, come tell me. I got a golden ticket. All right, man. All right. Till next time. God bless y'all. Adios. See you Sunday. All right.